Hey, you're currently listening to season three of the Learn to Co with Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford, and this season I chat with a range of individuals who work in tech. Flyiron School's online web developer program focuses on community, actual development tools, and features a curriculum that will teach you the skills you need to land a career as a software engineer. Get $500 off your first month by visiting flatironbootcampprep.com. FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new freelancer-friendly version of their accounting software. To claim an unrestricted 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash learn to code and enter learn to code with me in the how did you hear about us section. Hey listeners, welcome to the learn to code with me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. In today's episode, I talk with Jamal Oguero. Jamal is the co-founder of Code Crew, a platform that offers affordable classes, workshops, and meetups. He's also a self-taught software engineer. Before starting Code Crew, Jamal lost his job in finance and was unemployed for a year. He saw that there were a lot of opportunities in tech and decided to learn how to code. In our conversation, we talk about how you can teach yourself to code, the benefits of networking, and much more. If you want to find some of the best resources for teaching yourself to code and learn how to build a network of peers, this episode is for you. Remember, you can get show notes for this interview plus much more information about Jamal at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Jamal. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Laurence. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on because you're such a busy guy. You're doing so much stuff in the code community. Uh, But really quick, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. So I guess uh, most folks may know from the description, my name is Jamal Aguero. I'm a software developer based out of New York City. Um, I am a self-taught developer focusing mostly on JavaScript and front-end technologies, but also comfortable across the entire stack. I also code in Python. Node.js and do a little bit of iOS development. Nice. Yeah, you definitely do a lot. So before you taught yourself how to code, what were you doing? Yeah, I was working in corporate America. <laughs> so I was actually working in uh, finance uh, in fixed income, um, mostly on the analytics side. Did that for a couple of years and moved into sales. And then eventually found myself on the, I guess, uh, <laughs> wrong side of the, uh, the, the financial crisis. I was one of the many, many people who were let go during that time. So I was uh, unemployed for probably a good year, um, going into a year before I actually uh, started to like learn how to code and learn how to program because my main motivation was to get a job. It was actually myself and my wife um, who runs Code Crew with me. We were, you know, both working in finance, both got laid off, you know, during the, uh, you know, the economic downturn and, you know, saw that there were many, many, many opportunities to, uh, you know, gain employment by learning how to code, learning how to program. So we both uh, sat down and took a couple of months and taught ourselves the basics to get into the workforce. Yeah, that's. I feel like there's a lot of people who turn to coding or technology when they kind of run out of options. At least that was certainly that was certainly my case. Um, <laughs> when I realized the career I thought I wanted di- didn't have the opportunity I thought it had. Uh, but when you, f- like, I don't, if you recall, how did you first even like find out about coding or realize that it could be an option for you and that you could like switch into tech? Yeah, I think I had read an article, I think in the, in the Times or, or some publication. I was just like, just, I like to read in general. So I was just reading, going through like my Flipboard and an article came up about like there's a shortage in uh, software engineering and web development jobs. And that it was to the point that, you know, employers would hire you 
if you can prove that you had the skills. And at that point, I was actually thinking about going to grad school, like go to, to get an MBA and try to get back into the workforce that way. That was the, that was the traditional path. I guess most of my colleagues and uh, peers who were in finance who had, you know, <clears throat> gotten let go, they were taking that approach. And uh, once I realized I can, you know, go get a decent paying job without having to, you know, get like $200,000 in debt and lose two years <laughs> to like go back to, to go back to B school and not even like consider like, you know, the year that you lose where you have to like apply, take your GMAT, GREs, that kind of thing. It was like a no brainer. It's like, okay, wow. I'm like, I'm already studying for, you know, like graduate school now, studying for standardized tests to get in, but now I can like take my same study plan for the GMAT and apply it to like, you know, at that point it was Python I was picking up and potentially go out and build a portfolio and get a job. It was like, you know, it was a no-brainer at that point. Like I can either spend two and a half to three years and you know get into a, a quarter million dollars of debt, or spend a couple of months and potentially get back to working. Especially when New York, which is where I'm based out of, uh, the startup scene was like really, really big and really, uh, um, I guess it was very vibrant at that point. I think New York was the, was the second fastest growing uh, tech market at that point in time. So there were, there were plenty of jobs. Everything was right here in my backyard. So, like, you didn't really have to, like, <laughs> tell me what to do. It was, like, it's a matter of, like, it's right there in your face. Go for it. Do it. There's jobs. It just made it just made so much more sense from an economic standpoint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. That is, again, I was in a very similar situation. Where I was thinking of going to grad school, and I was studying for the GRE, and then it just kind of clicked one day. Again, there, there are multiple forces at play, but I saw the light, and I was like, wait a second. Why am I studying for a standardized test when I could be learning, like, actual skills I could get paid for within a, very, a pretty short time, a few months, and I don't have to go back to school, don't have to be back in debt. So yeah, 100%, um, totally, totally with you on that. Um, so when you first started learning, and you said you were with your wife, what were some ways that you learned, or like what were some resources that you turned to? Yeah, there, there were there were many, many resources. So for anyone who's looking to learn how to code, learn how to program, there's, there's no shortage of resources out there. The issue that we ran into was that there were too many resources. Um, <laughs> we had no idea where to start. Um, when I first started, I guess actually the first place I looked, um, I think I like actually went and bought like a book on C++ or something like that off of Amazon because I just you know say coding is a thing. I knew like C++ was a language that was popular, either C++ or Java. I got a C++ book that didn't really go too well. And I kind of just started looking online to see what options were out there. And I came across Code Academy. So Code Academy was like my first like real deal you know, like, I'm going to sit down and, and, and learn how to code, learn how to program, because they had this Python track that was pretty pretty straightforward. And I think I went through that entire track in, like, a week. Like, I, I sat down. And I wasn't working. I wasn't working. My full-time job was, like, you know, trying to get a new full-time job. It's, like, learning, picking up new skills. Code Academy had this Python course. Like, I crushed the course. Like, in my mind, I crushed the course, went through it in a week, and thought I was going to go out and get a job. You know, I, I listed all my Code Academy badges on my resume and went out. You know, I think I went to, like, I think Uncubed. Um, I think was like in, in the city at that point. So I went to Uncued, had my resume, had my Code Academy badges, had moved on to uh, HTML and CSS. And, you know, I pretty much got shut down by everybody. Like people are like, oh, how long have you been coding for? I'm like, oh, a whole entire week. I finished this whole Code Academy track. I have all these badges. I know some HTML and CSS. And, you know, most people weren't really, you know, you know really jumping to give me a job, right? And then, then again, then again I, I definitely was, you know, very... I guess like overly ambitious to kind of go out after like a week or two of like learning and trying to get a job. But that's kind of just me. Right. I'm just like, I'm a more of a go getter. So I figured, you know, it's a numbers game. Someone's going to give me a shot. 
Um, unfortunately, that day, no one did give me a shot. But what I did do was actually make contacts. So I was able, able to, to uh, meet folks and keep in touch with people. So as I kind of like built my portfolio, learned more and more things. You know, went through more Code Academy lessons <laughs> and got more badges. But Code Academy was, was like, I would say, like the uh, like my entryway into learning. And then as I kind of learned more about the different jobs that were available, the different technologies that were out there, um, I came across Ruby on Rails. I learned that Rails was like the hot technology. It was like the hot thing. So I actually found Michael Hartle's Ruby on Rails tutorial. So I went through that. Um, there's a guy by the name of Chris Pine, had a pretty good book. I think it was called... Uh, how to program. It was all in Ruby. So I went through the how to program book first because most people are saying you should know Ruby before going into Rails. At that point, they didn't really, I didn't get it, but it makes sense to me now. But I just, you know, going through Stack Overflow and I guess Quora posts, you know, I just took the advice that the community had and took took my time, learned Ruby, learned the basis of programming. And it was kind of more of a refresher for me because I had learned Python and took a stab at trying to learn some JavaScript. So I was at my, I guess at this point, my third language. So Ruby kind of made a little bit more sense. It was easy, easier for me to pick up. And then when I went into Rails, I felt really comfortable. And the Michael Hartle book was really, really good um, because you kind of build like a Twitter-like application from beginning to end. And then after that, I went into this uh, video series that a, that a guy named Ryan Bates has or had called Railscast to kind of like fill in the blanks. So I guess like my learning went from going through Code Academy, trying to get a job, failing, <laughs> and then like learning what the, the hot technology of Stack was. At that point, it was Rails. Um, took my time, learned Ruby, learned programming, did Project Euler problems, like all that kind of cool stuff to, you know, quote unquote, prepare myself, and then jumped into Rails. And from there, I just started like building applications. And once I was able to actually build apps, I learned about more about the command line, learned about Heroku. Started deploying applications, then I went deeper into the HTML, CSS stuff to make my applications a little more interactive, look nicer, and then eventually somebody gave me gave me a job, and then that's why I got my foot in the door. Yeah, <laughs> that, I I was I had myself muted, but I was laughing. Um... When you're talking about how you did the one Python track and then you just went out and started <laughs> looking for a job. But I have to say, I was like, oh man, I'm like a coding genius, right? Oh, like, it's so whole funny. Week. So funny. <laughs> no, I feel like that's something so many people uh, do go through, like in, in one way or another, where they, they make it through like a tutorial or a book or a project and they feel super confident, but then like they hit some other obstacle and they're like, wait, I literally know nothing. Like, you don't even know what you don't know, right? When you're first starting exactly. out, because there's just so much to know. But again, I feel like this confidence that you had is very admirable and, and very unique at the same time because I don't know I, I I usually hear the opposite of people that have been learning for like two years and still don't feel like they're ready for a job so I think and exactly as you said with like the numbers game like I I even even though maybe you were a little too early like that's definitely true <laughs> though it is a, it, it is a numbers game if you know what you're doing you're good at networking all that stuff eventually someone's going to like you know take a chance on you yeah exactly yeah you need is one shot <laughs> yes precisely so okay awesome and so, okay, so looking at, you know, been looking at your LinkedIn and seeing how, you know, of course you got, you ended up getting a job as a web developer. Um, and then I see that you worked at General Assembly. So you were an instructor at General Assembly, it looks like. Uh, how did that end up, like, how did you get into teaching people? Yeah, so I guess how I got into teaching was through, I guess, like, through the co crew meetup that uh, my wife, Felicia, and I run together. Because it started out as a study group. So we were kind of like meet at the library, meet at coffee shops and like try to find, we were trying to, the goal was to find like-minded people 
to like study with us and learn. But it eventually turned out to the point where I guess like we were learning for about like six months at that point, and we had people who were like at ground zero. So we actually started randomly teaching classes and workshops, which were like more like informal. Okay, everyone's kind of stuck on I don't know how to write a for loop or what is an object, what is an instance versus like a static method or something like that. So we were kind of like grab a room. At this point, we were like actually uh, we were donated space at a co-working space to work out of. We were kind of like teach these little review sessions and those turned into study groups and that turned into classes. So from there, um, I guess I, I kind of was I guess I kind of got like, got somewhat known in the, the New York scene as far as uh, teaching just through like through the meetup. And then I got connected with like folks at General Assembly. I did some teaching at Startup Institute. Um, I did some teaching for the city of Newark. So I guess like just from running the workshops um, through the co-crew meetup, which eventually turned into like little classes, um, it, the word kind of got out there that I was that I was, that I taught, and people came. I just came after me. Yeah, yeah, no, got it. Okay, I guess I was under the impression for some reason that you were doing the general assembly teaching before the code crew um, meetup. And yeah, sign up for the listeners. I mean, you could explain it better than I can, but you, sure, you sure. started this group and you guys do workshops and you still do workshops to, to this day, correct? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so, okay, that's that's really awesome. You started it with your wife, as you mentioned, which is also really cool. Um, and you guys are still running it together. Um, and it's just in New York, right? Yeah, just, 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 just in New York. Just in New York. Okay, cool. So, yeah, through there, you met all these other contacts at, you, know, you said, Startup Institute, General Assembly, and then um, you began teaching in other places. So, yeah, that's really, that's really awesome. Like, over time, how has your tech journey evolved? Because it sounds like you started off learning, you know, um, well, I guess technically you got a C++ book at first, and then you went to Python, then Ruby <laughs> on Rails. Like, and then in the beginning, you mentioned you're doing um, a lot of like Node and, and, and more front-end JavaScript stuff today. So like, how has that evolved over time? Yeah, sure. So I guess when I first started, I was doing, uh, I was doing Ruby. Doing, my first job was a Rails job. And then my second job was actually a, a Python job. I was actually a Django developer. And... Most of the folks that I work with, um, I guess they were, everyone was, I guess, quote unquote, full stack, but no one really wanted to touch the front end. So I was the most junior person. So I kind of got stuck with all the front end stuff. Um, and then at that point, I really hated JavaScript. I didn't understand it. It was very confusing for me. Um, but I just kind of like was forced into like learning it. And then once I kind of picked it up and got good at it, um, the opportunities were there. Um, and I noticed that, again, it's more like seeing what the, the trends were, where the opportunities were. And it seemed that JavaScript was really, really hot. Um, Node was Node was a thing at that time. I'd actually met Ryan Dahl at, um, when I was teaching at GA. He came to give a talk um, on Node. Um, and I was like really, like really interested and really impressed by his presentation and what Node was capable of. And the fact you could actually do JavaScript on the server. I like the fact that it was like it was all real time, asynchronous and like super fast. Like at that point, Node was kind of like you know, one of the, one of the fastest, I guess, like platforms you can use to write servers. Like, like I said, like it was way faster than Ruby or Python at that point. And I was like, okay, I spent this time learning JavaScript. I know it really well. Now I can use it on the server. So at that point, I kind of just like made the commitment to go deeper into Node and go deeper into JavaScript and make that a specialty. And uh, went out and started doing mostly front-end JavaScript roles as a consultant. And then, uh, you know, getting the chance to do some a good bit, decent amount of Node development. So now I, I uh, consult, but I specialize in Node and JavaScript um, for the most part. Yeah, got it. So today, in like mid-2017, what do you tell uh, beginners to learn when they ask you? 
Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it varies. When it depends, right? First, I find out what like what is what is your goal. If your goal is to build mobile applications, then I'm not going to tell you to learn, you know, Python. So this area, right? It's like you, you may well just learn like you know Swift or you know learn Java if you're going to do like you know iOS development or Android development. Or I would say, actually, when it comes down to it, long story short, before I start rambling. I usually tell people to learn JavaScript, right? Because I would say that's probably the easiest language to learn. It's also probably one of the hardest languages to learn, but it's easy to get started and you can get immediate results because you can kind of see what you get. And then once you learn the language, you get your client-side language and your server-side language for free if you decide to go the Node.js route. But I kind of tell people that if they're like, if they, if they want to do web and potentially mobile, because you have things like React Native, there's Ionic that's out there, because all these different like, you know, JavaScript-based platforms that help you build, like, hybrid and mobile applications. So I would say JavaScript is probably nine times out of ten what I tell people to go for, unless they're really laser-focused. They say, I want to do machine learning. It's like, maybe Python is probably good for you. Or I want to, like, you know, write servers. Then maybe I'll just say maybe, you know, Ruby is probably good because Rails is, you know, easy to kind of get up and running with. So it really depends on the person. But if they're, like, generally just trying to get get into coding and programming, uh, I probably would just recommend JavaScript is a good place to start. Sit tight, podcast listeners. We're taking a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Flatiron School's online web developer program, Community Powered Bootcamp, and free bootcamp prep courses are perfect for anyone interested in a career change and becoming a developer. Flatiron students come from a range of backgrounds, from financial to creative. What they all have in common is the passion, grit, and determination to learn to love code. Flatiron's rigorous 800-plus-hour curriculum will teach you the skills you need to land a fulfilling career as a software engineer. Learn to Code With Me listeners can get an awesome $500 off their first month to get started on that career change. Just visit flatironbootcampprep.com. One online Flatiron student said he'd learn more in a couple of days with Flatiron than a year of computer science classes. If you're interested in learning how to think like a real developer while using tools actual developers use, check out Flatiron's online web developer program at flatironbootcampprep.com and claim your $500 discount. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging, sure, but our friends at FreshBook believe the rewards are so worth it. There have never been more opportunities for the self-employed, especially in tech. That's why FreshBooks has redesigned its cloud accounting software from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way freelancers work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive and organized and get paid quickly. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. See when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash learn to code and enter learn to code with me in the how did you hear about us section. Yeah, awesome. That's really, yeah, really great advice. And as you already mentioned, uh, JavaScript has tons of use cases and it can be used in a lot of different ways. So yeah, totally, totally agree. I think that's great advice. Uh, But then, so of course, like there's like the language that someone should learn, but then what about... um, 
where people should start. So, like, resources to turn to. Of course, you have, like, Code Crew, and that's, like, an in-person meetup here in New York. But what about for people who maybe aren't based in New York or even a city with a lot of, like, um, in-person options and classes they can take? Yes. Yeah, as far as, like, I guess I guess the internet is your best, is your best friend at that point. Um, I would say there are definitely people on Twitter that you would probably want to follow as far as, like, uh, you know, folks like yourself, um, there's tons of people out there who like who are really good at gathering resources and like uh, assembling like uh, I would say I don't want to say curriculum, but I guess like a, a basic study plan that you can kind of work through. Um, I would say definitely follow the the Twitter accounts of the technologies that you're interested in. So if you're interested in like you know Python, follow the official like Python Twitter or like the Node Twitter if you're into like Node and JavaScript that kind of thing. Um, I would say that. It's kind of tough because, like I said, the, the main issue is that there's so many resources out there. It's really easy to get overwhelmed, and it's really easy to find. So, you know, there's a run into resources that may not be as uh, as useful. So, I would normally like I would direct someone to, you know, like to to, to like your site, like to to, to your to your blog. Um, I would direct folks to probably like uh, you know follow you on Twitter. You know, look at look at uh, like GA, like General Assembly has a pretty good blog that like you know provide some good information about how to get started with coding. Um, there's tons of like, there's a, I think there's like a learn to code subreddit. Um, that I think I came across when I was first starting this. That's really like really useful um, to get into. I think really it's about just going on the web, finding and finding what's, what's really out there. Um, there's like also, there's also like a lot of really awesome like paid uh, platforms. Like there's like this, this Treehouse that's really good for beginners. They have like a, uh, you know, like a full curriculum where they, you know, you can pay them like X amount of dollars per month and you can learn. There's tons of really, really good courses on Coursera. Um, Udemy has some some pretty decent stuff. Um, Udacity is really nice. It, it really depends on what the person's learning style is. For a person like myself, like I went all through college and like, you know, I wasn't a big fan of classes. I, I really wanted to like, I, I really enjoyed teaching myself things. So if, if I so for me like something like a Udacity would be really awesome because you can watch a video and then like actually start working on solving a problem to learn. Um, so if your style is more like you want a more of a classroom setting, but you're more of a self-directed learner, maybe something like a Coursera course or Udacity is good. If you like to read through books, then you know like there's like JavaScript, there's the Eloquent JavaScript book, there's uh, there's the Ruby on Rails tutorial for Rails stuff. And I guess if you're just more of a person who wants to, like, uh, stay up on what the different resources are, you want to curate your own list of things, I think Reddit is probably a good place to go. I would say a combination between Reddit and Twitter and and maybe even Quora as well, because those are all uh, community-generated resources that get, like, upvoted to the top. So based on what you want to do, you can kind of, you know, see what other people who've come before you have done and, like, put together to, like, piece together your study plan if you want to get into like coding and learning in, in this day and age. Like I said, there's, there's tons of resources out there. I'm probably like forgetting, you know, a ton of them. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, no, but I mean, exactly. It's so many, I, so many people, and I was one of these people when they first start out feel totally overwhelmed. And even when I started learning, there was a lot less resources out there than there are now or I remember like Udacity yeah. was such a different platform I remember taking a course and it was like it's completely evolved like since I think they only even had like two or three courses when I first started taking them there but in any case yeah no but you mentioned a lot of awesome resources that people can look into and totally agree it just depends on 
someone's learning styles and, of course, their end goals as well, uh, which you kind of mentioned earlier. But, you know, if a person wants to do something with like data science or machine learning, it wouldn't make sense for them to learn JavaScript um, and likewise with, you know, a few a few other things out there. So, yeah, no, that's all that's all really good stuff. Um Kind of switching gears a little bit, it, you know, you're really active in the tech community here in New York, um, and of course, you are self-taught. You transitioned from finance. Uh, what role has like these in-person communities and networking and all of that stuff? Like, what has what role has that played in your career advancement? A very important role because um, I attend meetups, tech events, conferences, you name it as frequently as I can because it's good for networking. Um, it's good to meet other developers. It's good to meet hiring managers. Just It's always good to have, when you have a career in any field, it's always good to be on the scene and just network um, to meet as many people as you can. And going to hackathons, going to meetups, going to tech conferences has really helped me. Like, it helped me get jobs. It helped me uh, you know, just have a network of really strong developers that I can reach out to for like advice and guidance. Um, so I would say that the in-person aspect of like technology in the community is like, has been probably the number one uh, key to my success. Right. So even things like going to the career fair that I first went to when I got shot down for a job, you know, when that same fair came back around, you know, a couple of months later, you know, I was able to kind of go there and like see the same people, show them my progress and really show them I was serious. And those folks have become, you know, friends and mentors and maybe potential clients of mine or employer later on down the line. So I would say if you're trying to get into tech, you have to get out of your out of your apartment, your house, your dorm room if you're in college or wherever, and like really go out there, be on the scene, meet people, talk to them, because that's the only way you're gonna really get a job. Or even just like stay up to date on the latest technology. Just being out, being a living, breathing person <laughs> interacting with other people. Right. You write code for machines, but you have to get out there and mingle and mix around. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious. So I know today you're doing consulting, but you did have some full-time jobs in the past. And of course, today you you have, um, you know, clients and whatnot. Um, has there ever been a job that you actually applied to? Or are these all, are, has every like kind of job and client that you've gotten, has it been through your network? I would say it's definitely been through my network. Um, I would say the last couple of jobs and full-time, like I say full-time roles and consulting roles have come through word of mouth. Either someone introduced me to like a co like a founder who was starting a startup and we needed a lead developer to help get their product off the ground. Or, you know, like even like like some of the clients that I have now were actually from people that I work with in finance. They found out I was doing coding and programming. And, you know, they knew someone who worked at a bank or some financial institution that needed a developer that knew you know, particular technology, and I was able to, you know, to get an interview based off of a very warm introduction. Um, so I would say, like, for me personally, most of the opportunities that I get uh, come from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, come from, uh, you know, my, my, my personal network. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, I feel like most, ev- I, I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I feel like most opportunities I've have come across in one way or another have somehow tied back into someone I, someone I know, maybe someone I met a few years ago and it, you never know, like it, it could lead to an introduction to someone else. The next thing you know, yeah, you're working for that company or you're, that company's your client uh, and whatnot. One thing that I think is really cool though, um, a little bit of a side note is, 
you mentioned, like, of course, you used to work in finance, and now a lot of your um, consulting clients are in fintech or are in finance in some way. And I think that's really awesome how you kind of, like, combined, like, both backgrounds. So it's like you have, like, a strong understanding of the financial industry and, of course, technology, too, and then you kind of, like, mesh it together to um, work with those clients. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely Because the way I look at it is that the world that we live in now, every industry relies on technology. So, like, okay, I'm a developer. You know, my, my goal is to write my, – my job is to write software. But that software has to be written in some industry. So, And I learned this when I first got into, into tech when I was in the startup world is that you have – like you said, you have fintech. You have, like, fashion tech. You have ad tech. Like, it's technology being applied to these different industries. And the same thing was true for, for finance, for, for fintech, whether startups or for enterprise – uh, for enterprise enterprise companies, they all need technology. So if you have a particular, I guess like a particular skill set or, or 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 expertise in some industry, and you have the technology, so you know both the business and you understand the technology behind it, it puts you in a unique position. And for me, that that's what, what finance uh, um, finance was for me. Like I worked in finance for almost like six seven years, was away for a year, picked up coding and programming, and the fact that I already had that rich business knowledge and experience and I could couple it with the programming really made me uh, excel within the financial services realm uh, when it came when it comes to uh, being a software engineer. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely totally makes sense. Um, and just like real quick, how so the clients that you work with uh, today, are they how long are the projects usually? Is it usually pretty, pretty long term? It, it depends. I'll say mostly I'll say about like a year to 18 months, roughly. Um, it depends. Sometimes they run they run longer. Um, but it really depends on the nature of the project. But the projects I've had have mostly been about a year to about a year and a half on average. Okay, cool. Yeah, that yeah that that makes sense as well. Because um, they're it, with like more established companies or, or more established startups generally, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, so, where do you see things going with yourself in the future? Like, are you going to continue consulting? Um, are you going to be teaching any more workshops or growing Code Crew in any way? Yeah, the future really depends. I mean, I, I definitely will continue to teach. That's like a, that's like a passion of mine, so I, I love to do it. I think it helps me uh, stay up to date with the latest technologies, helps me practice my public speaking. Um, that's something I definitely will be doing. Um, workshops, we have a couple of workshops that we've uh, had over the last couple of weeks. There's definitely some more coming down the pipeline over uh, the next couple of months or so. Um, as far as... Uh, Co-crew, um, yeah, I think the way I think the way I see co-crew now, just just from like working, like being a developer, there's very little time that you have, uh, especially like if you're in like uh, like finance, you know, you tend to work uh, a little, you know, I guess slightly longer hours. So um, co-crew is more like of a way for I guess like for myself and my wife Felicia to give back to the community. Um, we we've been in most people's shoes like most folks who are learning to code and program now we know how it is and how how overwhelming it is to find good resources to go out and find a job so we just try to make ourselves as available as possible to people in the community who are like trying to learn trying to make this a career um so we do that by giving our classes our workshops and some of the outreach programs that we have so code crew will continue to definitely be something that's very important um to the two of us so we will continue to like you know, continue to give workshops. And I guess as far as growing it, you know, we, we just let it grow organically, right? Kofu started as a meetup. When we first launched, we had like 10 people and we're meeting at a coffee shop. 
And then now we're like over 10,000 people, you know? So as it continues to grow, we'll just let it grow organically. But it's really a, a vehicle for us to, to give back um, to the community that helped us change our lives, right? Given us so much. So we want to, you know, help reciprocate that and give back and, uh, you know, just try to help other people who are going down the same path that we, we went on a couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. That's really, that's really awesome. And I love how you kind of like view it as, as that and yeah, as a way to give back and, um, I think it, yeah, no, that that's like, that's, that's super awesome. So yeah, thank you so much, Jamal, for coming on the show. And where can people find you online? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you can find me online pretty much anywhere on any social media platform um, under my handle, J.S. O'Garrow. That's first initial, middle initial, last name. So J-S-O-G-A-R-R-O. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, Medium, GitHub, LinkedIn. That's my handle for every social media platform you can think of in the world. So that's how you can get in touch with me. Awesome. I'm super jealous that you have it for everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a good one. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Definitely appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Again, the show notes for this episode can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode in the future, simply click the search icon in the upper navigation and type in Jamal's name. It's spelled like J-A-M-A-L. Also, head on over to my website, learntocodewith.me, regardless where you can find even more awesome code-related content, like my 10 free tips for teaching yourself how to code. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.